Night and day, ma chérie, me for you and you and you for me. We're living in the smart upper sets. Let other lovers sing their duets. Duets are made for the bourgeoisie. Oh, but only God can make a trio. From Life Begins at 8.40. Music by Harold Arlen. Lyrics by Ira Gershwin. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. In this episode of the KMP Podcast, we're going to do something entirely different. We were asked by some audience folks to live react to some kinky, nerdy, or polyamorous content. So what we did for this P episode, because it's a polyamorous episode, was we decided to watch a really old film called Design for Living from 1933, and we live reacted to it. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on in the movie, but you'll get our reactions. And I'm going to go back in and interject with some of my post-research thoughts. And after the movie, then we also, me and G, will talk about our thoughts of the movie afterwards as well. So to give some context to this movie, Design for Living was actually first a comedy play written by Noelle Coward in 1932. It concerns a trio of artistic characters, Gilda who G and I actually ended up mispronouncing the whole time as Gilda, Otto and Leo, but those people are renamed in the movie, except Gilda, in their complicated three-way relationship. And so this actually premiered on Broadway, partly because of its risque subject matter, and apparently was thought unacceptable to the official censor in London. And so it was not until 1939 that a London production was actually presented. It was a success on Broadway in 1933, and Coward had remarked that it was liked and disliked and hated and admired, but never, I think, sufficiently loved by any but its three leading actors. What a lovely (laughs) description there by the playwright. And so the play was adapted into a film in 1933. It was directed by... Ernst Lumbicht, probably definitely not saying that name right, with a screenplay by Ben Hetched, and starring Frederick March, Gary Cooper, and Miriam Hopkins. The play was first seen in London in 1939 and has enjoyed a number of stage revivals. So, you know, this is not explicitly a polyamorous movie. All right, I'm going to say some stuff before we watch the polyamorous movie. It's not, look, it was done in, it was done in 1933. So this is not going to be a beautiful, wonderful explanation of polyamory, okay? All right? It's just that it has polyamorous elements. Yeah. I mean, I I recently watched about half of the Alfred Hitchcock movie, which is about, which was not explicitly, but hinted really heavily that there is a gay couple in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. I would not recommend it, though, because the gay couple murder a guy. Oh, no, we don't like that. No. What's weird is that apparently it's based off a real-life story. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. We don't like that. Okay. So, G, we're going to be watching this movie called Design for Living. Yes. And one of our audience folks requested that we live react to some nerdy or polyamorous or kinky content yeah so here's something that neither of us have seen before never never i'm super interested 
because it's an older movie. I also really hate older movies. Yeah, I like older movies. I love Casablanca. Okay, that one's different. Okay. That's an actual movie. Are you saying that the only older movie that's an actual movie is Casablanca? All right, I might be exaggerating. All right, fine. My voice is not a very good projectee. Okay. All right. I Uh, used to have a good projectee. Projectee? Mm -hmm. Three thumb M? Projecting? That's me. I'm the three thumb M. Yeah. Where's the third thumb? We'll let our audience folks ponder that. We're click and play. Putting closed captions on. Yeah. By the way, this movie is for free on Redbox. Okay. In case anybody wants to watch. Gary Cooper, I recognize that name. Yeah, just super reiterating that this is not going to be like a beautiful representation or anything. Just that some people, some polyamorous people were saying that they were surprised for a 1933 movie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the movie's actually started. Paris Marseille. Very young Gary Cooper. Could be honest, my for a second I thought she was about to pull out a laptop before she pulled out the drawing pad. I think you're a little you're thinking too futuristic. Yes, I was. I was like, oh yes, obviously on the train you'll put just pull out your laptop and start working. Yeah, I might be a little freaked out if somebody was just like drawing me while I was sleeping, but I guess I wouldn't know because I'd be sleeping. Was she falling asleep too? No, they're all falling asleep. He's touching his hand. Touching her leg. Oh, I thought he was touching the guy's hand. I thought it was getting a little gay. Did her, I guess her sketchbook fell on the floor. A lot of Napoleon drawings. Oh, that's cute. That is an amazing sketch for how quickly she sketched it. Oh, and she's awake. I didn't know this movie was in French, but I speak French. You don't speak French. Vaguely following. Switch to English? I feel like it has to. Oh, okay. I was worried for your sake a little bit. Oh, they got me. They got me good. The age old. Do you do art for the passion or do I make a living with my art? It dates all the way back to 1933. It, it dates back further than that. Oh, God. That's why the Medici family name is on the Vatican. Oh, no, they're not actually getting off. This is a very nice meat cute for a polyamorous triad. I do some. I do sometimes forget like how much slower paced older movies are compared to modern movies. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, I watched the original Planet of the Apes with my nana. Yeah. Which hold on, I'm gonna have to pause this just to comment on the absurdity of Planet of the Apes. Okay. Is which this, is this turning into a Planet of the Apes? I'm podcast? sorry. It might be turning into a Planet of the Apes podcast. Forgive me, my nana. I didn't realize she was into weird shit. Like Planet of the Apes. But man, is she into weird shit like Planet of the Apes. And I mean, I'm into it. Okay. Like I was there. I was vibing. Yeah. It's weird. Planet of the Apes? Yeah. And this, and we watched the second one mm-hmm. and somehow it got weirder. Yeah. I haven't seen the next one yet though. So I'm really, it's I'm, I'm in suspense because. Are we talking about the original? Yeah, the original. With Charlton Heston? I don't know who the fuck that is. The, the main astronaut guy. They all look the same to me. Okay. So that movie is kinky as fuck. Planet of the Apes is kinky? super kinky. What? Super kinky. Apes making humans into their slaves slash pets, basically. And, you know, they're treating them like animals. 
And then. Okay. You know, they're in collars and cages. Okay. There's a lot of potential here. Do you want to have a Planet of the Apes scene? I would love to have a Planet of the Apes scene. But wait, it gets better. In the second one, <laughs> then they introduce the, I don't know what they were trying to say. Is it the people who are worshipping the bomb? Is that atomic bomb survivors? Is that what they were implying? My, it, it has been a very long time since I've seen those movies. But if I remember correctly, the implication was that there are humans who had survived in underground bunkers, but got poisoned by the radiation. Oh, got poisoned by the radiation. I figure they got poisoned somehow. So they can do traumatic hypnosis. They literally say that. We don't kill you. We make you kill each other. And then they, and they talk about illusions and hypnotism. I'm, I'm like, this is, this is also kinky, but also deadly. You know, and just there's a lot of layers of kink in those. And my Nana was watching. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't really. And just even without the kink, just it's weird. Yeah. On a weird level. But my point was the reason I got onto this rant. Okay. There was a point. I'm, I'm waiting. Which was that it went slower than I was expecting. Yeah. Like the plot took its time. Mm -hmm. And I actually kind of liked it because it didn't feel. Like there was a rush. Yeah. And like I was about to die from the the adrenaline because I was processing the bits as they came. Yeah. Movies used to be much slower paced. Have you have you watched the Star Trek movies? Yeah, we watched one together. Did you watch the the first the Star Trek the motion picture? No. The first, I'd say ten, twelve minutes is like an extended shot. Of the Enterprise. Oh, wow. As music plays over. It might be exaggerating a little bit, but it goes on for a really long time. It's just not something you could, like, do in a modern-day film. And somehow modern-day films are longer, but they're also faster-paced. Because yeah. now our average film is, like, two or three hours long. Yeah. This is only an hour and a half, uh -huh. but it's also slower-paced. I don't know. For me, the attention is better. All right, we've resumed. Okay. That's a weird vert. No, advertisements are weird. French touch in the suspenders? What? Delicacy is the banana peel under the feet of truth. That was the line. Yeah, I'm just... I feel like there's like a five-minute section of the film I missed, but I know I didn't miss it because I was staring at the screen the entire time. Yeah, same. Maybe they're doing a flashback. This is it. No, that's the other guy. That's Gary Cooper. Oh, I can't recognize any of them. They all look the same. It's just like the Planet of the Apes movie. Surprised it actually showed the kiss. Is this before the Hayes Code? As G explains a little bit later on, the Hayes Code, H-A-Y-S Code, is also referred to as the Production Code and the Hayes Commission. It's the Motion Picture Production Code, and it was a set of industry guidelines for the self-censorship of content that was applied to most motion pictures released by major studios in the United States from 1934 to 1968. So this movie was literally released the year before the Hayes Code was put into place. And this had all sorts of different stuff that we will talk about later. Oh, geez, threatening. So there's at least three men who are interested in Gilda. So we have Max Plunkett. Yes. I already forget the other guy's name. It's... Curtis and George Curtis. George Curtis and something Third else. One. Thomas. 
his name was just on the on the wait but is the third guy actually interested or is that guy just the is that the guy was that was the protector guy no he's the he's the guy who says he's the protector of gilda oh okay the guy with the the derby hat max plunkett yes he's max plunkett i believe that's george curtis yeah Jerry and we don't know who the third person is the third person is whose name was just on that screenplay oh the the, the playwright yeah the playwright that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I forget his name. Okay. And there's definitely jealousy going on. And one of them wants the other one to, to one of them wants Gilded to say. So George has just asked Gilda to get Max out of her life. Right. Max, who considers himself Gilda's protector in a totally platonic way, and he definitely doesn't want to have sex with her. It could be that I think it's possible that Max Plunkett, I don't know, one of them is not going to end up with her. In a more traditional movie, two of them would not end up with her. But apparently something works out with three of them, of the four. I don't think she likes Max Plunkett. No. So he's going to seduce Laundress in order to have a clean shirt for the date tomorrow? Is that is that the plan here? Oh, so they're finding out about each other. So they're both dating her and didn't realize. Well, I don't know if they're dating yet. It seems like they're just messing around. Like, I don't think this is a, in their day and age, this is something that we talked about on a previous podcast, but like, they're not going steady yet. So like, I don't think they're in dating territory officially. Because it was very common to see multiple people until mm-hmm. you settled down with the one person you were going steady. I'm going to interrupt myself here just for a second to say that the term going steady apparently comes a little bit later on in the 1940s. Steady dating actually began to supplant casual dating in the 1940s. Apparently during the war, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way, and the entry going steady. During the war, there was a rapid move away from quote-unquote competitive dating, which is having the most and best dating partners, toward a committed dating relationship, therefore going steady. So actually, it wouldn't have been unusual in the time before the 1940s to have this sort of competitive dating style, i.e. having the most and best dating partners. And then during the war, there was this move towards committed relationships. There's a speculation that the emphasis on early marriage during and after World War II was linked to the impulse to go steady. Okay. So I would not necessarily say that they are both dating. Yet. Okay. Not in the term, not in the way that we know dating, because in our terms of dating, that seems more defined and exclusionary. Okay. I mean, it seems like they both thought they were and they're only just now realizing, with the exception of, I think they both knew about the, about Max Plunkett, but Max Plunkett's not a, are you going to, okay. Max Plunkett is not a, they do not see him as competition because he's not a object of romantic love from Gilda's part. Mm-hmm. So they obviously see each other as competition. So I don't know. It seems like they both thought that they were the ones to her one. Yeah, maybe they they thought that, but I don't know if it was Gilda specifically manufactured that situation. I mean, she just told George Curtis that 
She's going to tell Max to take a hike and then did not tell Max to take a hike. Well, no, why would she? Max is her protector. But she also seems to be coming to the conclusion that she has feelings for both of these people at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of guess where the plot is going at this point. Like, Max is going to get filled up with Gilda, and she's going to leave an apartment. Thus enters the two poor artists. Heck yeah, don't give up your friendship on account of this woman. Oh, interesting. Uh, the good old clean up as much as you can before the person interested in comes over. That's, I mean, isn't it just clean up as much as you can before anyone comes over? I think there is a different sense of urgency. I see. Should I be offended then? What? I clean up before you come over. No. Nope. Sure. Just ripped. Oh, no. Yes, very nonchalant. As you both eagerly get up to answer the door. Oh, the kid is <laughs> cute. Forgot that the trash, yeah. the chair was there when he moved it. Tommy, or Thomas. Tommy Chambers. Thank you. Oh, that's a lot of dust. I think 11 o'clock in the morning is a perfect time to make a confession. Also, did her brass become, did her voice become a lot more breathy? I think she's doing it for a bit. Okay, so she's coming out and saying... Oh my god, just clean that bed. A thing happens to her that usually happens to men. Coach, that's not a word you hear often. This is her doing the bit. Oh, they're willing to sacrifice for each other. The pig feet are apparently very delicious. I, I didn't realize it was pig feet, but I, I figured something was very delicious. Yep, pied de coq. I didn't realize... She's going to start a boot camp for artists. She's an art dom. Oh, he just puts his head down Aww. for the kiss on the forehead. No sex. So you weren't quite right. Max didn't get fed up with her. Yeah, I was not quite right, but... She took it on herself to... Yes. What does that mean? A woman's play? Hey. Interesting. He responded to the whistle, but not the kiss. Mm-hmm. Okay, teacher, see? I wonder if anybody's ever used stuff like that as like a as like a DS title. Like teacher, oh, mentor, yeah. like a gender neutral. Yeah, definitely. Boss is another one. I am really glad there hasn't been like a scene of her like cleaning up the apartment. No, it's she's kind of what I was expecting. She's kind of a badass. Like she's very honest about what she wants. Mm -hmm. She seems to be good at keeping her boundaries. Oh no, as I just said. I just said about keeping boundaries. Yeah, that... Oh, no. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one confused by Hotsy Totsy. Oh, no. Poor guy. Poor Tom. No. I like Tom. Good night, Bassing. Now in its 10th month. I thought this was supposed to be a good thing, but now... But it's so sad. Sad. Max Plunkett? You realize it's his line. Hasn't mentioned anything about the relationship. Yeah, because it's all about him, like him right. and his painting. He's still in that apartment? No, apparently not. No. We have a housekeeper. Is the secretary Gilda? That's what is implied. No, that's a nice painting. Oh, they still have his typewriter. Yeah, they kept it. 
How cute is that? Yeah. But they haven't maintained it. So I'm getting the feeling that she's not really 100% happy in a monogamous relationship. Okay. That's the feeling I'm getting. That's the feeling you're getting? Yes. Okay. That's very, that's very close. It is very, very close. Yeah. A modest fade to black. Haven't heard of that before. Head pain? Obviously, her conscience is bothering her. Am I surprised to see people with shoes on indoors? Yeah, he went straight for his friend. Yes. Guess a tux is evening wear. It's the walk of shame without the walk. Well, they all need to work this out. Ah, hard to believe I loved you both. Oh, just get together. Just fuck. God. Look, a lot of romantic tensions and films could be solved by polyamory. But yes, this does seem very like Tommy and George should just bang it out. Right? And look at her encouraging him. Hold on, let's read this. Dear George, don't feel too smug. I love Tommy very much. Gilda, please, P.S., please take good care of him. <laughs> How adorable. Also very nice handwriting. Yeah, gorgeous handwriting. So she's gone to New York with Max Plunkett. Was, was that Sam implying that she's sleeping with Max Plunkett? I don't know. I'm bad at picking up on those cues, but I didn't take it that way. No. Okay. I'm just trying to understand why they're measuring the divan. Devon? No, they're getting married. Oh, marriage license. I think it was implying that they were sleeping together. Oh, okay. I totally, that went over my head. I'm glad I have you to give me Hatch advice and also to interpret old films. Hatch and jump advice. Yeah, but it was, I wanted to abbreviate it. Okay, somehow I don't think her getting married is going to make her happier. No, especially not to Max. Nope. It is important to hydrate if you're going to have sex. I do not think he's having sex tonight. She likes having fluffy stuff on her shoulders. She does. People are very excited about 20 questions. Going to Jerusalem? Never heard of that game. Now when you look this up, what is going to Jerusalem? Hold on, we're on like the climax oh. of the movie. They're both wearing top hats now. I love how he flashed. Mm -hmm. So they just play themselves over to Plunkett's house. I guess they had to know there was a party going on that night, which is why they're in tails. Oh, she does not like this life. Doesn't actually have a bad voice. No, but I think she's exhausted from the entertainment. Kiss number one. Kiss number two. Wait, so what was the gentleman's agreement? I assume no sex. Oh, God. So they're really going to do this polyamorous thing, but no sex. Yeah. Because it, like, I guess they're thinking it would make things too complicated. Yes. And it did, in fact, make things complicated for them. It did. Wow. But they were all willing to give up sex mm -hmm. for their relationship. Yeah. The power of NRE. I mean, they've known each other for a while at this point. Right? Like several years by this point. I don't think so. Like, so they... Cause the, because the, the musical had already been on for at least 10 months. Yeah, so it was 10 months. So there's like a, there's like a month at the beginning, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And there's 10 months 
And then immediately after those 10 months, he goes back to Paris because Plunkett just gets back before him. Mm-hmm. They reconnect. Gilda immediately leaves for Plunkett, who goes to New York. They get married. Well, there it's it's not clear how much time there is there. Okay, so there's... I don't know. It, it all seemed very fast. I mean, I guess there might be a little bit of NRE, but... Yeah, I mean, NRE... What, what, what? I mean, it can last for a while, but I'm just thinking, like, NRE is normally you would want to be having the sex during that time period. I mean, I feel like... Henry is a lot, like a lot of things. Like, no, I'm not saying that it's not a lot of things. All I'm saying is, I don't agree that what you're saying is that the motivation for them not to have sex is NRE. No, I'm being a little bit facetious. Oh, okay. I didn't understand that. But yeah, I mean, sex made it too complicated. So to simplify things, no sex. That's the decision that I would expect would actually be harder in NRE for a lot of people. Because when you're in our NRE, for a lot of people, that's the time for the infatuation and the yeah, lots of sexy times. If that's what the relationship is. Mm-hmm. And it did seem like there was chemistry between them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had sex in the first place. Yes. Which Max clearly did not have. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. Much more, much more... I mean, I do feel like I've seen the, not not the relationship, but I feel like I've seen the same dynamic of two guys and one lady in like older films. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I don't know, like I can think of some like it hot and I don't know, there's some other musical, there's some other movies I can think of with this dynamic. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely much. But this one, I think specifically, I mean, it's the most that I've seen that is close to a polyamorous triad. Yes. And they do end up all happily together. Yes. Which surprised me. Yeah. Especially because I feel like this is definitely the heyday of the Hayes Code. Mm-hmm. Which might be why they explicitly say no sex at the end. Not you know when the... Oh, I forgot. The Going to Jerusalem game is apparently referencing musical chairs. Oh, interesting. So that was a different name for that? Apparently, okay. Known, also known as trip to Jerusalem. Okay, I would not fascinating. Have, that's not where my head went. I don't know where my head went with going to Jerusalem, but it wasn't musical chairs. Okay, when how, when was the Hayes Code? Yeah, so Hayes Code was from nineteen thirty four to ni- oh, mm-hmm. this is one year before the Hayes Code. Wow. So yeah, that's because I was immensely surprised that this made it past the Hayes Code. 20 years of the Hayes Code, huh? So you want to read it for the audience folks? Okay. So the Motion Picture Production Code, so this is from Wikipedia, if in case anybody wants to see what my source is. The Motion Picture Production Code was a set of industry guidelines for the self-censorship of content that was applied to most motion pictures released by major studios in the United States from 1934 to 1968. It is popularly known known as the Hayes Code after Will H. Hayes, president of the Motion Picture Producers and Distributors of America from 1922 to 1945. So more than 30 years of the Hayes Code. Yeah. And what was the general guidelines? Like no sex, no, no promiscuity, what else? 
pointed profanity by either title or lips. This includes the words God, Lord, Jesus Christ, hell, S-O-B, damn, God, and every other profane and vulgar expression, however it may be spelled. Wow. Any licentious or suggestive nudity, in fact, or in civil, and any lecherous or licentious notice thereof by other characters in the picture, the illegal traffic in drugs, any inference of sex perversion. Wow. Well, this would have definitely not passed the Hayes Code. Yeah. White slavery, miscegenation, sex hygiene and venereal diseases, scenes of actual childbirth, in fact, or in silhouette, children's, children's sex, sex organs, organs, ridicule of the clergy, and willful offense to any nation, race, or creed. And then there, there's more. Okay, that's so interesting. Yeah, well, you know, for a 1933 movie, this shows a, what I would say is actually not an unbelievable polyamorous relationship because it actually shows the jealousy, it shows the cheating, it shows, because, like, those are things that people think, like... I mean, honestly, it, so if, if we remove, if we remove it from the context of its time period... It honestly feels like kind of an honest depiction of what might happen in like a polyamorous triad. Like boundaries are established, but people violate boundaries. Trust is broken, but is repaired later. Like it feels like. So so I think one of our first podcasts was uh, Professor Professor Marston and and the Wonder Wonder Woman. And that's kind of, and I still do like that movie, but like. They're kind of like instantly in love, and while there's some problems, like there isn't like a, a like the problems are like society's yeah, pressures. The on stigma, them. yeah. The Professor Marsh and the Wonder Women that was a lot about like the stigma around the relationship. Yeah, this is way more about the internal dynamics of the relationship and like dealing with jealousy, dealing with boundaries being crossed. Yeah, which is very interesting for like. For a movie from the 1930s, like in in some ways, it feels like a very honest depiction of how this relationship dynamic works. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have any any other thoughts? No, I I mean it was slow. Yes. So even though it was an hour and a half, it felt longer in in some ways because it was so slow. But I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, so am I. Yay! All right. This is M. This is G. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KMP Podcast. You can find us at kmppodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this experimental episode. I also just wanted to let everyone know a special announcement as well. We have a shop open officially. So on the KMP website, it's kmppodcast.com. You can look at the store on there and we have some stuff for sale. And there's a couple different ways to pay us, including tipping us here on the podcast. And we would definitely appreciate that. So go check it out. Thanks so much.